Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away, back, goal. Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I'm just going to let everybody know that today I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to act like I'm somewhere else. I put my spring training press pass back on. I got the spring training shirt. And I'm just going to sit here and act like we're in Mesa, Arizona. Ho ho camp park. It's 78 degrees, a little bit of the breeze. You ever notice, Cody? Close your eyes, Cody. You ever notice, Cody, when you look out at a ho-ho cam over the scoreboard, just how beautiful the sky is and the clouds that just come slowly rolling through the desert air and how beautiful it is, that backdrop? Can you see it? I'm basing off of past year's experience because for the sake of the bit, yes, but because when we were there, I didn't see much of that. Well, I was just there two days ago. And it For was you, yes. I remember from last year. It was beautiful. Actually, that was hot, and it was only like 76 degrees. I'm like, I'm melting. Can you close your eyes? They were closed. Close. Can't you just feel it? Can you feel the warmth? Can you feel the sun? Putting a cold beer in your hand? A hot dog? Go down and get one of those special pretzels? Can you feel it? I do. Man, I woke up this morning to my gutters are clogged again. I'm like, like, Jesus, more snow. What is going to happen? I am not somebody that grew up around Tahoe or other places in the mountains. I'm a sea level guy. I've always lived around sea level. I've lived in San Jose since 1991. I grew up in San Diego, so I did not grow up in the snow. 
I did not grow up in the cold. I have not lived in the cold. But I have seen pictures of what the freeways look like. And it's literally walls of snow going up over 50 feet high. It's like you're going through caverns that have been cut out of, like, rock, but it's not rock, it's snow. Well, at some point, that's all going to melt. I hope somehow it ends up in reservoirs. Somehow. Or some rivers, something where people can use all of it. Because, man, I looked again, it's snowing again. And it's raining again. So that's why I'm all spring training today. I'll be wearing my press pass and acting like we're still in Mesa, Arizona. So hopefully, whether you're watching this live, listening to it live, or you're going to download it later or watch later, you'll understand we're trying to put you in a sunny mood. Just think 80 degrees. There is something special about the... Desert sky, especially in the late afternoon, the sunsets, they're just the the colors. It's so red and orange and yellow. There is a lot of beauty there in the desert. And the great thing about us is when people ask us, how's Arizona? We go, great. I love Arizona. (laughs) I'm never there in June, July, August, or September. I, I, I don't know what it's like when it's 110 every day. I just know when it's beautiful. When I'm there, it's beautiful. It's great. I love. We were there for uh, fantasy camp, and it was 75 degrees. Speaking of fantasy camp, you have it ready? Yeah, because it's going to start playing as soon as I add it, so you let me know. Yeah, we didn't realize yesterday. I'm like, why would you play that? Folks, fantasy camp is a blast. We'll have Jesse Rogers on today from ESPN Chicago. So we'll talk national stuff. He's a national guy, and he will be our Chicago Cubs analyst today as, obviously, he's boots on the ground there. We'll be talking about the Cubbies because they're actually interesting. They might be a little bit like your Oakland Athletics, better than people think. They've got some interesting names. Dansby Swanson is a fascinating story. I want to talk about him today. Uh, start looking at the Cubs. And if, if there is going to be a, as we mentioned yesterday with the Brewers, maybe at a point some aggression with the Brewers, maybe the Cubs are starting to inch back up because they went out and got some guys and they've got a pipeline of people coming. And our neighbors over at Sloan Park, maybe they're going to have a better year than people think. Well, they, they won 74 games last year. Same as the D-backs. So they have not. They have not. Uh, they haven't. They haven't had. They've now had consecutive losing seasons for the first time since the last World Series rebuild in the early two thousand ten. So we will talk some Cubbies with Jesse Rogers as we continue to preview the NL Central and then the face of A's Television. Glenn Kuyper will be here. Glenn Kuyper is on the radio call. Are they on television today? Uh, no, the game's on television tomorrow against. Uh, Are you sure that against the Mariners? Who are we playing today? Well, the Southsiders. We're playing the Southsiders. Are you sure that they're not going to have on be on TV? Uh, not that I. I mean, I don't know. If we go to MLB.com, will we be able? Because sometimes. Somebody's putting the broadcast on. You're able to watch it. Uh, I don't know how many games the White Sox are doing for television. I know because Jason Benetti, their main TV guy, is doing the WBC. 
So I don't know what to what to. I mean, they could be on there, but you can go to athletics.com slash acecast, listen to the game today. Then we'll be streaming on MLB.tv, athletics.com, NBC Sports app, and also acecast tomorrow, TV and radio. But, yeah, Glenn's going to be here at 1130, Jesse Rogers at 12. The face. The face. Know uh, your Rogers today. Yes, and you, you got to realize, being a, a proud – a proud man from Wisconsin. And if you're from Wisconsin, you are going to be a Packer fan. It's 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 ingrained in you. Aaron Rodgers is is it official? It's not official yet, is it? No, it's not official. And Jimmy G is not even officially a Raider. Well, the yeah, the new league year starts tomorrow. Yeah. So, so are, is that are you verifying that Jimmy G is a Raider? If Adam Schefter tweets it, it's most likely going to be That is not true. true. He has been wrong. Uh, rap sheet had it too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, with Rodgers, apparently he's now telling the, the Jets a wish list of players. He wants Randall Cobb there, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and apparently Odell Beckham Jr. Does he want Favre to be his backup? Uh, I mean, he's following in Favre's footsteps. See, I said it. He's going from Packers. to. He's gonna, is he going to end his career as a Viking like, like Favre did? Go back in the division. <laughs> Maybe he goes back and becomes a Chicago Bear. Ooh. <laughs> Even worse, what about the Lions who ended their postseason run? No, I'm talking about you year. all. The, the rivalry is the Bears-Packers, yeah. right? So if he goes back to be a Bear to take down the Packers, ooh, he, them's fighting words. He did tell the Bears when he played when he played against them, I think it was last year, I own you. I own you when he scored a touchdown when he had a rushing touchdown. So, yeah, we will be uh, doing a little Aaron Rodgers trivia for our man Glenn Kuyper today. How well do you know your old quarterback Aaron Rodgers. But before we do that, this thing's going to sell out fast. We got fantasy camp going once again. We got to experience it. We had, we had been told for years, Townie, you got to go down there. You got to go down there. It's awesome. And I finally went down, and they were right. It was better than advertised. You know, that's why you got to experience things in life, because – People can tell you, and you know it's cool, but it's not till you see it and you feel it that you understand, like, wow, this is really special. I'll tell you the one thing about fantasy camp when I went down right by the bullpen. So there at the Lou Wolf Complex, you walk out the doors of the meal, meal room, and before you get to all the fields, right to the right is a bunch of bullpens. And I saw these pitchers that are throwing bullpens, but they gathered around Dave Stewart and Dallas Brayton. And I'm sitting back behind him going, how cool is that? You're an A's fan. You're at A's fantasy camp. I mean, obviously, Dallas on our television, he hasn't. He, he's not an old pitcher. But that's Dave Stewart. I mean, that guy's a Major League Baseball legend. And you're like, these two guys are talking to you, and they're all decked out in the A's uniform. Stu's got the hat, and the, he's got the A's hat on, and the bent cap. And, I mean, it's like, this is priceless. And then you throw in everything else, the golf and top golf and the meals and the partying and everything. I mean, we were at the bar, and all everybody was out there. Everybody's having a good time at the Delta, Delta Marriott. Marriott yep. I mean, it, it's a rip-roaring time. Play the video. This has been one of the coolest experiences in my life, especially like in my in baseball. The importance of stretching every morning because if you want to last all week. Camaraderie on the field, cheering your, your teammates on, sharing experiences, sharing the things that you see with different pitchers. Great job. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. 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 
it's absolutely building all these friendships and memories with the players. It doesn't matter if you've ever played before, you will have a blast out here. It's just incredible. Having the treatment of a big leaguer is something that not a lot of people get to experience, and that is first and foremost the opportunity provided here. So fans can live out their major league dream of being a member of the Green and Gold during Ace Fantasy Camp in Mesa, Arizona. From January 10th to January 16th, 2024, attendees will join legendary coach Ron Washington wow. and A's alumni, including Shooty Babbitt, Greg Cataray, Dallas Braden, Ace hitting coach Tommy Everidge, Carney Lansford, Adam Rosales, Terry Steinbach, and Ernie Young. For hands-on instruction, field activities, and nights filled with stories from the past, Experience, pa- experience packages are now live and on sale at athletics.com slash fantasy camp. That's athletics.com slash fantasy camp. We're going again, right? That's the plan. I think that the plan is they want you to participate this year. So please don't blow out your hamstring like oh Rody. God, I just, I just don't want to get hurt. I don't want to seem soft. Well, you know, you know who's going to be my, my workout partner? Shooty? You. We're gonna go out there. We're gonna go out to the park and start throwing, if that's the case. Because I'm not going there, getting on a mound first day throwing, and the next day, and then all of a sudden, here comes the issues. Yes, my last official appearance. Can you guess what year was the last year I played at San Jose State? 1995. 1995. Where were you in 1995? I wasn't even seven years old. I was six. Yeah, that's the last time I've pitched. That was uh, 28 years ago. Yeah. 28 years ago? I'll be 35 this year, so, yeah, it's about 28 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you, think I, you think I'm ready to get back on a mound and start uh, Whoa, whoa, it? whoa. You've thrown a few first pitches. I do have – if you do check out my first pitch, they're some of the best you've ever seen. The mechanics, <laughs> strike zone, put – you know, I'm, yeah, I I get up on the mound and I, and I, and I bring it. You, did you shake off the, the catcher? Or? Casey Pratt of ABC one time played catch with me. I almost killed him in the parking lot playing catch, and I was winging it. But even that was years ago last time. But, you know, if, if they need me to do it, but I still want to do our stuff too. Like our show? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? What are you going to have me do it? Have me host with someone, Johnny? You and Johnny D. Just play-by-play play what's going on with you, like kind of like what you and I do with Brody. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. What's coming out right now are the projections. And there's been some good projections. Turn the heater off. It's hot in here today. Um, yes, we got a heat. I bought I bought Cody a heater for the studio on days like this. It gets cold. But, man, these Costco heaters, you know what? Costco is not a sponsor of A's Cast or A's Cast Live. They should be. But they got everything you need. Everything you need. I love Costco. I'm, I'm going to Costco today. All right. It gets so hot in here, too, because we have all this so- soundproofing and insulation. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. At some point, we got different cameras. We got to show you everything that's going on in here. And, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets hot in here quick. So we are going to go over. They've done a top five of who's going to regress, and Cody's going to have to throw another bet out. The gauntlet has been thrown out. He already owes me a steak dinner. You got we got to plan this because you got to pay off before the start of the season. We got a few weeks. He owes me a steak dinner. We have a, another bet that's coming, and we'll we'll save that. 
But they've been doing the top five teams that are going to regress and the top five teams that are going to move up. Now, I'm not going to give you the list of the top five who are moving up. But I'm just going to give you something that if you're looking at from an A standpoint, that you should think, huh, does this apply? The one thing that they've noticed when you look at teams and you look at, okay, you start looking at each individual player's war and you you start looking at each individual player's skill set, pitchers, fielders, batters, all of that. The one thing that they have noticed amongst the teams that year to year move up in the standings from year to year. Like last year, you won 74 games. The year after, you won 84, right? What is one characteristic that each team that moved up, what did they improve in? What What was the thing that they got better at and you can look, there's always outliers out there, right? There's always outliers. But the majority of teams, and they've done this study over years, what's the one area they improve to make a jump of eight games, 10 games, 15 games, whatever? That's tough. It's, it, it's, it's tough when you go from like, in the in the in 1990, where the Braves and the Twins both finished in last place, and then the next year they're in the World Series against each other. Once again, those are outliers. That doesn't normally happen. Normally, teams progress at a certain rate. Well, what is the one thing? You know, some teams hit it better, some teams pitch it better. But what's the one thing that is a constant with teams who get better? They score more runs. And that is what the fantasy crowd thinks I thought, and the I, average crowd thinks. I thought that was I thought that was too easy of an answer. I was going to say pitching, but you said you mentioned pitching and hitting. So that's what everybody thinks, right? We live in a we live in a fantasy sports world where everybody thinks offense offense offense. Improving your defense. Run prevention. Run pre- preventing runs, not sexy, right? You're not joining a fantasy baseball league to see run prevention. You're not. I mean, they don't have segments every night on MLB Network. The high, What's the highlight show again? MLB Tonight? No, that's the, no, that's the show. What's whip the Around. No. no. Let's see. What the hell is it? I mean, I watch it every freaking night after I'm done with the post I think, I think Whip Around is the one on, uh, MLB, on MLB Network Radio. Um, it comes back during the season. Yeah. What the Heidi Watney did it for years. Now they have they have new girls doing it. Um, what is it called? What is it called? It's not going to be on their schedule. I right know. Now. I just realized that once I touched. You know what I'm talking about? It's on MLB Network. They never have segments. They'll show you good plays, but they don't really get into the run prevention of baseball. Folks, listen to me now. If you want to get better, run prevention is the name of the game. The best teams play defense. The Hall of Famer Rick Barry, who I used to do shows with, would always say, defense wins championships, and he was an offensive guy. But everybody will tell you, and it doesn't matter what sport, you've got to get better 
defensively. Because if you're not good defensively, you will be exposed. And it's the simple things. Catching it, throwing it. Not everybody has to be gold glover. Not everybody's got to be Ozzie Smith at short, and Roberto Alomar at second, Mike Schmidt at third. Not everybody has to be that guy. Not Nolan Arenado or Matt Chapman at third, to give you a now reference. Not everybody has to be Matt Olson at first, Freddie Freeman at first. You don't. Not everybody in the outfield's got to be a jackrabbit, but what you need to be is efficient. You have to be able to play your positions. I know it's not sexy. I know you want the magic ointment. Oh, well, if we hit X amount of more home runs and we did more extra base hits and we walk more, walk, walk, walk. It doesn't matter how you get on first base. Walk, 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 walk. No, defense. Bob Melvin teams got to the playoffs. We were good defensively when we went to the playoffs. Melvin stressed defense. Melvin got out there and hammered himself, hammered fungos. To Matt Chapman. I mean, we work on deep. Ron Washington comes in with us. I mean, it's every day. Marcus Simeon worked on it every single day. What's the one you always say? You always talk about how the Rays take infield practice. Every day. We see the Rays one time a year. I'm telling you, they're a machine. The Rays, they take the batting cage back. So we do batting practice. And then the Rays come out. And everybody does, you know, the... All right, we got to stretch. You know, they do the lazy running around, act like they're stretching thing. And then they pull the cage back, and they take infield every single day. That I see. And we asked Brett Phillips, Maverick, now an angel. Did you see his rental car for spring training? I did not. It's what like is it? like an old Fiat or something like that. It's a little small car. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> By the way, the show is Quick Pitch. Quick Pitch. God, I can't believe I Thank didn't you know to that. one of our YouTube commenters who said it. Quick Pitch. So, Quick Pitch. I can't believe I didn't know that. I watch it every single day. No one ever said I was the sharpest knife in the drawer. So, <laughs> you, got, you, you got these teams like the Rays, and it's just every day before BP. They work on it. Ground ball's the third base. Ground ball's a short. Second, first. Now I'm going to hit it to third base. He's going to throw it to second base. We're getting the out at second. Then we're going to do double plays. And then, I mean, they're constantly working on fundamentals. It's every day. Who's that guy who's the Disney star that is now a boxer? Jake Paul, Luke Paul, something Paul. Uh, the uh, Jake Paul's the boxer. His he had that song. His brother's the wrestler. It's every day, bro. It's every day, bro. You got to work on defense every single day. You want to be good, play defense. You want to get better this year, play defense. I still don't know. We we I, I, Maybe tomorrow I want to play fight numbers with numbers. Maybe that will be a new segment here on A's Cast Live. Because people throw out some ridiculous stuff and you go, wait a minute. And then when you fight it, they have numbers to back it. Whenever you use numbers, you, you seem smarter than you are because you're using data. And we think smart. We are taught that smart people use data, right? Well, he's got it. Well, he's pulling out his computer and he's, they've crunched these numbers. And when you use data, well, sometimes always the smart people are not that smart. You ever heard of Silicon Valley Bank? Yes. Huh. Yeah. Uh, 
not smart people are not always the smartest. They always act like they're smart. And I don't give a crap if you went to Harvard. I don't get because you know what? Just because you're book smart doesn't mean you're street smart. Doesn't mean you're business savvy. Doesn't. Doesn't. Some of the smartest people, some of the best business people of all time don't even have a college degree. All right? Who's a hey, what school did Billy Bean graduate from? Uh what was the high school he went to? Uh that'd be Mount Carmel. Oh, no. Yeah. What college? Uh none. Wait, the guy that changed the game didn't go to college, he didn't go to Harvard, didn't go to Yale, didn't go to Princeton, didn't go to Stanford. Could have went to Stanford, right? But he did not. Did he? No. No. I mean look at the most intelligent people in the tech industry. Where the University of Bill Gates come from? Stanford. Uh Steve Jobs. But Gates didn't graduate. Gates, Gates That's was, what I mean. He was there for like a year or something like that, Z- and then they were in their garage. Yeah. Zuckerberg dropped out of college too. Now, they're the outliers. We're yeah. talking about the smartest people, yeah. right? <laughs> Elon Musk. We're talking about some bright dudes. But I'm saying just because these guys, hey, I mean, pull the curtain back. We've had some fancy degree people that didn't work in our organization. They're no longer with us. So, But he, here's the deal. Get better on defense. You got to be able to pick the ball up and throw the ball. You got to catch it and throw it. The game, they get. We make the game so complicated. See this, cherish it, protect it. You got to protect the certain elements of the game. You hear me say, take ninety feet, own ninety feet from a base running standpoint. You have to protect this. Bill Romanowski, my old partner, Raiders, would say, Tony. After every single game, there's one thing I check that's going to tell you the majority of the time who won the football game. You know what that is, Tony? Okay? Turnovers. Who won the turnover bar? Tony, check the box. You know. <laughs> yes, I know how. Yes. And he'd be intense and the veins are coming out. Romanowski said it. The man's won four Super Bowls, played in five Super Bowls. He would say, I, he, 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 well, he would say two things. Tell me how your quarterback played and tell me who won the turnover battle. And he goes, hey, I played with Montana. I played with, I played with John Elway. We won a lot of games. Rich Gannon. You got a good quarterback and you don't turn the ball over, you win in the NFL. It's that simple. Well, turnovers in football, that's errors in baseball. That's bad decisions in baseball. That's throwing to the wrong base. That's not getting the lead out. And now... Now that we can't shift and protect bad defensive players, now you got to have slick field and infielders. And you know what? We're now going to look and say, hey, this guy's hitting 220. I don't care. He can pick it at short and play, or he can play second base. I, you need center field. You've got to be able to play defense. And the numbers project it out. How do teams get better? I have the article in front of me. I have the data in front of me. But tomorrow, maybe we'll do it. The numbers fight numbers. This whole six-man rotation does not work. That's where it'll be, I'll fight numbers with numbers. Smart guys are, we've got people in our business who are doing everything they can. They're failing at it, too. They're doing everything they can to try and figure out how to not have people pitch a lot. They're trying to do everything they can, and they're running out of options. So what's the option now? Six-man rotations. They're so desperate that they're adding uh, four-man rotation, uh, five-man rotation, uh, now six-man rotation. But baseball keeps fighting back. 
baseball said, ah, you can only have so many pitchers on the roster. I mean, seriously, a 26-man roster, can you imagine? I bet there'd be teams willing to basically have no bench but like a backup catcher and one other guy. Let's find one other guy that can play infield. That was a super utility. (laughs) Hey, who can play every position? We're going to have you and a backup catcher. Everybody else is a pitcher. Yeah, all the other 15 guys are, pit, are pitchers. I bet they would do that. That that's the, These front offices are nuts. So we're going to fight math with math because they're trying to they, – they're they going to give us, oh, hey, man, I'm going to tell you, yeah, spin rate changes third time through the order, fastball velocity changes. Oh, I got all this information. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight back with math tomorrow to show you how ridiculous. And I know I'm right. Can I tell you why? What is that? I know I'm right because I cornered Scott Emerson in the clubhouse two days ago. Emo's a bright guy. Emo's one of the best. Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, is one of the best pitching coaches in the game. He's smart. And I cornered him right before I got out of Dodge. And I told him, we did the math. Do you know he came within, like, four outs of knowing? So... If I said to the average A's fan, how many appearances did Domingo Acevedo have? And some A's fans, astute A's fans would say, 70. And if I said, okay, how many outs did he get? I bet the average A's fan couldn't, I ain't even the most astute A's fan wouldn't get it. Emo got it, He Emo was within four. So the whole thing is if you go to a six-man rotation, you now need seven bullpen guys to basically get somewhere around 240 to 250 outs each a season, right? Those seven guys, whoever they are, and you can be busting guys up and down from from Vegas, especially Sacramento. I do have the Stockton Port hat on today. You like that? Um, It's about two – It really works out if you do the math perfectly. Say, if we're going to go a six-man rotation for the entire year, which is not true, days off, and they're not going to. But if they did, they would need 200. I think it's 253, 254.3 outs for each of the seven guys. So I asked Emo, hey, do you know how many Domingo Acevedo got? He said 207. Pretty damn close. For a guy being put on the spot, I put him on the spot. In the clubhouse, Ema was four off. Two oh three, right? It's two oh three. So our best reliever through seventy games, he threw he got two hundred and three outs. He's literally over forty outs short of what we're gonna need from seven guys if you go to a six man rotation. The math just doesn't add up. But the one thing that does is defense. Got an article here. You play defense. You get better on defense. The name of the game, we think it's offense. We're home runs. We've got a home run. The name of the game is run prevention. If you become really good at preventing runs and you won 74 games or 64 games or whatever you won last year, 62 or 60, you will get better. Could be by five games, eight games, ten games. But if you don't kick the ball around and give extra outs, baseball historically shows you will be a better team. So this list of this top five teams they project, they they project 
from what Pakota is saying, all teams that they're protecting to have a nice growth, all are better defensively. All of them. Yeah, did they add offense? Sure. Did they add pitching? Sure. But just looking at the guys that they add, the guys that they have, their skill sets, their wars, they're better defensively. That projects them to be better. There you go. Is it? Yeah. Is it time? The great Glenn Kuyper is here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Ken Korak, and we call him the face. We call him the voice of the athletics. Ladies and gentlemen, for your viewing pleasure and listening pleasure, the face of A's television, the great Glenn Kuyper joins us. Glenn, how are you? Good, Tony. How are you? I I I am I'm fired up to have you on. I you mean, are. When, you are. You know, Johnny and I are sitting here, getting ready for the game, and and we're we're just we're locked in on you today because you are you are just in fuego. So so it's how awesome. how is it that you are slumming with us radio people today? Oh, hey, you know what? I I I just. We're, we're trying to build the resume a little bit. Do some radio. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I mean, it's it's. I've always kind of wanted to, to you know, get the radio thing as well. See if I can see if I can do it. See if I can be any good at it. Doesn't mean I, I I'm, I'm going to do it with anybody. I just you know, and and there's some games here that, you know, Johnny sit here by himself. The poor guy, you know, so. I thought I'd help them out. Well, it's you- fun. We had a great time yesterday. We're going to have a great time today. We're doing a game next Tuesday uh, in Tempe. So um, it's fun, you know, and it's it's a good way to kind of get yourself ready for the season. Yeah, you've done radio for us in the past. I remember being a little with bit. you down at Petco Park when we were doing it and we were taking on the Padres at one time. A, a little bit, yeah. I've, I've done a little bit. Um, but, you know, I want to – it's – anybody who thinks TV and radio announcing is really not that different – as I am learning, finding out it's, it's very different. And, you know, I, I want to be able to, I'd like to be able to do both. Um, so the best way to do it is to, is to, you know, just do some games down here in spring training. So. Yeah. It, it's great to have you on. Cause it, it really, it, it just kind of gets you going for the season. Cause yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cause I mean, how many times, I mean, you guys would normally do on TV, what one game. And then all of a sudden we do. here's yeah. 150 or whatever. How many <laughs> Well, yeah, we do. Uh, we're doing uh, Saturday on TV, and then one of the Bay Bridge games. But, but you're right; it does take a little time to to just kind of get get back into broadcast. You almost need a week, ten days of doing, uh, you know, a game every day to where you, you you get back into that that full flow. Plus, you know, there's a lot going on in spring training with with lots of players. I mean, the A's still have 41 players in camp, and and there's a lot of new guys, and you really want to. You want to see these guys. You want to, you know, see their swing, see how they play, see how they pit. You know, there, there's just a lot going on. So it is important for, for us as announcers to to just be here, um, even if it's watching batting practice. But when you get to do a game, that's even better. So um, listen, it's spring training for for the announcers as well. Well, I just want to let you know I'm there in spirit because once again today here in the Bay Area it's miserable and raining. So I'm, oh. I'm wearing my press pass from Arizona. Nice. I'm wearing nice. my spring training shirt. It's like I'm with you there in the press box. Yeah, it's a nice day. You know what? It's going to be about 75, you know, between 75 and 80. Oh. So it's going to be a nice sunny day down here. So we're we're looking forward to the ball game. I never I thought, I thought I'd say this. It's snowing again, and that's not a good thing. 
Oh my gosh, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's it's raining hard right now, right? Yes. It's it's miserable. It's it's uh after just being there the other day, it is uh yeah. it, it it's just it's 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 a different world. Uh yep. you're a former middle infielder. I was just talking about it. I got these notes that show that teams that get better, we want to talk home runs and we want to talk about all this fantasy stuff, but the teams that get better, there's one constant. Their run prevention improves dramatically. There is just something about playing fundamental defense. It's your pitcher's got to help, too. They got to keep the ball in the yard, not get lit up. But playing defense is one of the ways you can get better really fast. And it's it's been that way since baseball started, right? I mean, that that's a constant. Um, but I think it's also something that maybe from a fan's perspective and maybe even from an announcer's perspective, the defense gets overlooked a little bit because you, you you always think about home runs and and for pitchers you want strikeouts and, and that's fun right that's fans love that stuff but when you get right down to it you dig in a little bit run prevention it, it may be the most important thing right because you can have a good offense but if you got a leaky defense where does that put you kind of kind of right back to to, to 500 so um yeah, I, I mean, and, and there's there's a lot of different things that go into run prevention, right? It's not just fielding and throwing. You know, there's you know, where are you putting your guys, and now with the shift gone, and are the pitchers pitching, you know, to location? So there's there's a lot of little things that go into it, but absolutely, it, it's something that I, I I almost wish we would try to talk more about um, because it it is so important, but it just does sort of get overlooked. In, in the game of baseball because baseball is so statistic related and most of those statistics are offensive statistics you just don't see a lot of defensive statistics yeah i mean have you ever broadcasted or played on a team that won and was bad defensively it's very hard yeah i, I agree it's just it, it will catch up with you at some point the only way you can really maybe get around it is if you just score a ton of runs Maybe have a lot of strikeout pitchers, but even that, it's just it's going to catch up with you at some point. It doesn't mean it's going to turn a really great team into a bad team, but I think it's really hard to be a great team if you don't have have a decent defense. You know, one of the interesting stories really happening right now, and it's not one that's going to get headlines. It's not going to end up on MLB.com on players to watch or anything, but it's just what's happened with Kevin Smith, right? He comes over in the trade, gets hurt, doesn't play well, goes back down to AAA, continues to play awful. I mean, Fran Reardon's manager told us, yeah, he was brutal. But all of a sudden, at the end of the year, he caught fire, and it was like he was Barry Bonds or Babe Ruth. I mean, he's hitting a home run every single day. He was red hot. So you're like, okay, what is it? Well, he comes to yeah. spring training. He continues to be red hot. He can play third. He can play short. He can play second. It's a dilemma for the A's, but it's a good one to have, right, that you have this guy. Yeah, could you send him back? to? I don't know what his options are. Look it up, Cody. But right now, the way he's playing, he's really forcing the front office's hand. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And even today, Townie, he's playing shortstop, starting at shortstop. So there may be something to that. And I'm not saying, hey, Kevin Smith's going to become our everyday shortstop. But, you know, we know the Nick Allen situation. Great defense. Is he going to hit enough? That's the question with Nick Allen. Nobody's dismissing that. Um, 
could Ledmus Diaz play short? How often could he play short? Is he an everyday shortstop? Probably not. He can certainly fill in there. Um, maybe there's a spot there for Kevin Smith, right? Maybe, maybe you want a right-handed hitter over at third with Jace Peterson, right? Who's a left-handed hitter. So maybe there is an opening for Kevin Smith. Um, so this two weeks is going to be huge. And for Kevin Smith, every at-bat, every inning is going to be important for him. But I I, I do think there could be the, – the, the door could be cracked open a little bit for Kevin Smith in the next two weeks. Isn't it fascinating? And, and, but again, today – yeah, that's I, I, we knew that they were Peterson and Smith were both going to be in the lineup today, and it's like this thing is getting yeah. interesting. I don't think a lot of people paid that much attention to it. Definitely getting interesting, but isn't it isn't it fun when you when you when you when you look at spring training? We always think about ah, guys are trying to get in shape, guys are just trying to get ready. You know, <laughs> on, on on certain teams, every single outing for a pitcher, every single at bat, yeah. you're, you're fighting for your career. Yeah, and, and I think what's what's what what I like to do in spring training, and, and you know, Johnny and I talked a lot about it yesterday. Is okay. Let's now we're two weeks away, okay, from the start of the season. Let's look at the the, the battles that are out there for the A's. And we talked about center field yesterday with Ruiz and Pache. Pache's uh, Pache's playing today. Uh, that's very interesting right there, because we know what Ruiz can do with the speed. Is he going to hit enough? A big part of a big trade that's important. Pache doesn't have options left, you know. So, so center field. Who's the fifth starter? We saw Muller yesterday pitch pretty well and, and stretch out into sixty pitches. And now you have a Kevin Smith situation. Is there a spot for him? You know. So now you start you start kind of weeding out guys, sending them back to the minor leagues, and then these position battles really come into play into the forefront that you could watch for the final two weeks. So that's what's kind of fun about spring training. Hey, the, uh, Mueller's an impressive guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, you know what? He may have may have got a little bit tired yesterday. I mean, it looked like Mark Hotze said, let's let's get him to finish this thing. He couldn't quite do that. But still, over four innings, um, he's a big, strong guy. Um, and, and he did pitch well. So, um, you know, he's got a shot at that fifth spot, which is, which is great to see. Well, we don't even know how many spots. Is it going to be six? Is it going to be five? True. I mean, <laughs> True. How many starting? Well, got? that's another thing. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't know. You're right. Adam Aller has pitched great, right? Yeah. So he's sort of, I don't want to say come out of nowhere, but he struggled last year. He's looked pretty good. Muller's looked good. Waldachuk has not looked good. Uh, Sears has looked good. So now you just, you got this group, and is it possible that you may keep, you're going to keep a long guy somewhere, is that a long guy that can make a start if you need? Yeah, certainly. Is there two long guys in your – you know, there's so many different ways to look at it. But but the back end of the rotation, fifth guy and maybe even a sixth guy, that's something to really watch closely in these final two weeks. And think about what you're saying about Adam Aller. If I take you back to last year, right, and we're watching you on NBC Sports California, those were some rough outings. And yeah. you were like, wow, I, this guy can't pitch at this level. We talked to him this spring where he talked about how Stephen Vogt took him under his wing about mm -hmm. how to be a pro, how to, how to learn how to pitch, how to do scouting yeah. reports, how, how to harness your stuff versus the scouting reports to get guys out. And he flipped the switch last year. But just go back to what you saw last year and what you're seeing now. Sure, absolutely. So, 
you stay with the guy, even though, you know, you're thinking, man, I don't know. It's, is the stuff there? Is the stuff there to be a starter? Can you get through a lineup three times? But uh, he looks, he, he, he looked a little bit better at the end and he certainly has looked better, uh, you know, this spring. So uh, there, there, there's probably a spot there for Aller, you know, whether it be long reliever, that type of thing. But, um, but it's nice to see a guy take his lumps, but then learn from it, listen to a veteran, and then apply what he has seen and learned or heard, and then make it work. And that's kind of what we're seeing from Aller. Now, we need to see him a couple more times to, to see if this is the, the real thing. But uh, it is good to see. And listen, 13 pitchers, and throughout the course of a year, how many do you need? 20? 25? Oh. Right? I mean, so anybody throwing well has got a chance to stick on this roster. I mean, at some point, we might need you and Johnny to come out and throw some innings. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? I don't know that I would go with Johnny right now. Um, <laughs> I've seen I've seen a couple of his bullpens, Tony. Yeah. Stuff, the stuff has not been good. Okay, tell him, tell him, be, tell him be ready by September. Yeah, you know, 78 miles per hour, middle of the zone, it's not going to get it done. And that's where he's at right now. He's just, he's just not there right now. It's early in spring. It's early. It's early. Uh, it's early, but you know, it's it's it uh, it gets late in a hurry for Johnny. You know how that goes. So, a few years back, you told me that going to Lambeau Field was going to be one of the greatest sports ex- experiences that I will ever have, and you were dead on. Going to Lambeau right. Field, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I'm happy to say that I got to watch Aaron Rodgers close and personal from the field. He's one of the greatest football players, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. How are you feeling today? Are you okay? Um, yeah, I'm sort of resigned to the fact that he's probably gone, um, which is a bummer. Absolutely, it's a bummer. I, and I said, I, I, if, if you were born within the, the state of Wisconsin's boundaries, you, you are a Packer fan. You have to be. Just don't, yeah, you don't know. It's not going to change as you grow older. So that's why my loyalty is there. But um, yeah, I'm sort of resigned to it. I don't like it, but I think maybe it's time um, after last year where I thought they were going to be pretty good last year. But as it turned out, maybe they weren't as close to being a, a championship contender as, as we thought. So are they he goes back there do they have enough this year probably not so it's probably time and it'll be a bummer because i like him i know not everybody likes him they don't like the way he is you know i i like a guy who who you know stands up for what he believes in and doesn't let people sway him um but too you know tony i always tell people and and i know it's going to sound pro packer but the, the, the reality is is if you can have over 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacking with two different guys, win a couple Super Bowls, and every once in a while you're going to have a little drama, I think that's worth it. And and is this a little drama? Yeah, he's trying to decide what he wants to do. He's going to probably will probably know by this afternoon, and uh, and then it's it's time to somewhat start over. So. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer, but I, I think it's probably the right thing to do for both sides. And they have, they're working together on this whole thing to do the right thing for the Packers and Rodgers. 
So I don't think it's it's not really breakup kind of thing like maybe it was farm. This is to me it has the the makings of what could be a pretty clean split. You make a trade, he goes to where he wants to go. Packers are ready to move on. Um, so you know it seems like it could be a fairly clean split, and I wish him well if he does indeed go to the Jets. You know, we've been following him since his days at Cal, right? So he's, yeah. he still has a lot of fans here. And I got to tell you, being on the field, the way he throws the football, the zip that's on the football, yeah. I, he truly is one of the most special guys to ever play the position. Yeah, and and that's why I, I think there's still something there. I mean, he was – I didn't think he played great last year. There, He was – you know, he had a broken finger. I mean, you know, but – Listen, he goes to New York, and you know, if he can handle all the stuff that's going on there, um, you know, I think he's still got a couple of pretty good years left in him if, if he wants to indeed, you know, play there. So I do. I, I hope he does well in New York. I, I hope he, I hope the Jets are great, and and he shows that he can still play because I, I don't have anything against the guy. I, I like him. Um, you know, he he he's kind of you know does his own thing a little bit but i don't have any problem with that you know let 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 people do what they want to do you know all right the last couple years you guys have had some tricks for us on nbc sports california you had Uh you had the wind showing us how it's blowing in how it's blowing out now you've had Uh the opposing stadium compared to the coliseum stadium right what do yes. we do? We have any new? Tr- does Delaire have any new tricks up his sleeve going into 2023? Yeah, and you know what? We can't we can't reveal that type of thing yet. Secrets. Yeah, um, we like to, to just kind of lay it out there when it when it happens. Um, so, you know, we don't want to spoil anything, but we like to think we we put together a pretty good show on NBC um, with a great production team. But uh, we'll have some goodies for you. You know that, Donnie. We have some goodies for you. Well, I've said it for years. You're just not a pretty face. <laughs> Johnny's laughing. The guy that they call the nose is laughing. Can you believe that? Hey, he doesn't. He doesn't have to wear makeup. He doesn't know how hard it is. You want to? You, hey, you want to see a? You want to see a face for radio? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, I love that man. Uh, uh, I'm so excited that Johnny's with us. He's awesome. He's going to do a great job. No, no doubt, no doubt. Thank God for Johnny. Especially thank God this spring for Johnny. I don't, I don't know where we'd be without Johnny. He is no <laughs> doubt. If Brody Brazil was the MVP of fantasy camp, uh, bro, Johnny, no question, is the MVP of spring training so far. Johnny, Johnny, you got to understand though, you can't be the MVP of fantasy camp when you blow out your hammy in your first at bat. He came back. He was like Kurt Gibson and came back and led his team to the championship. He's the comeback player of the year. Something like that. And you know what? I do want to tell you before we leave that that Johnny said he loves coming on with you before the game, and he wouldn't mind maybe extending his segment to like twenty minutes to a half an hour every day. Uh, uh, this just come in from the bosses. They said no. They said no. Yeah, it's it's well, it, yeah. it's called. He says it's his way of just getting ready. He said he really likes it, and, he, and he's he, he's not afraid to do it more often. Uh, maybe even a little post game if you need it. So he's there for you. They said get Johnny in and get Johnny out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, we always appreciate you know it. 
it's a long season, Tony. You got to laugh, man. You got to have some fun, and we're going to do that. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, we always appreciate it. You mean a lot to us on Ace Cast, how you've helped us all these years. And uh, we will be listening today. All right. Thanks, Tony. Have a good one, buddy. The face of A's television, Glenn Kuyper, joining us right here on A's Cast Live. Getting him some reps. Getting ready for the season. I was waiting for the Aaron Rodgers. I know. I just, I wasn't feeling it. Go ahead. You can give me some. Go ahead. All right. No, no Aaron Rodgers. No, you're Aaron Rodgers. What year was Aaron Rodgers drafted by the Green Bay Packers? (sighs) It's not on the list. This is somebody just came up right now. 2000. um, That was the, that was the uh, Alex Smith went one. That's correct. It's got to be like 04, 05. Well, like uh, 05. That, there you go. That is 05. That's correct. Is it 05? I think it was like the 20. That was the year my kids were born. 24. Think pick. about that. How long has Aaron Rodgers been playing? That was the year my kids were born. Yeah. 05 was his first year. Uh, and okay. he sat for what? Two? Uh, three? He started, became a starter in 08. So three years. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, it's smart. Yeah, uh, it's smart to sit a guy, let him learn. Uh, ask the, uh, the speed of the game; it's too fast for these guys. Not everybody's Dan Marino. Not everybody can roll out of college and be dominant. Ask uh, Patrick Mahomes how it worked out, it worked out sitting behind Alex Smith for just a year. Ask, uh, ask Peyton Manning about that first year when he has the record for most interceptions. Uh, Twenty-eight. That's not bad. Jameis Winston won on the break. Oh, it. Uh, what Winston year? Winston broke it. Well, Winston had the thirty-thirty year first. And only quarterback to have a 30-30. But he, he wasn't rookie. No, no, rookie. Sorry. The, yeah, but he had 30 The rookie years. record is still Tw- twenty. Yeah, 28. Yeah. But Jameis had the 30-30 year. <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard Manning talk about that. Like he goes, you know, I'm going into halftime and I got three picks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 26 touchdowns, 28 picks, and they were like 3-13, and 13, I think, that year. They were awful. And then they took Who out. was the head coach? In 2008 or 1998. Who am I? Oh, um, uh, come on. Playoffs. Uh, yeah, I know. But I'm just thinking of uh, Mora. Playoffs. Jamora Senior. Jamora Senior. I'm just hoping we win a game. Another game. His Google Jim Mora. His post game press conferences, it's like a Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> I'm serious. Now we, I mean, I can go on right now and get the memes on our phone right now. Playoffs. He's got some crazy ones. For, do you know where he was before that? Saints. He did some crazy ones for the New Orleans Saints. We couldn't do diddly poo oh on God. offense. We he, sucked. He was a nut job after games. It's classic. I'm sorry. It's like a skit. You can't believe it. What else you got on no year quarterback? Uh, in Super Bowl 45, which team did the Packers beat? That would be your Steelers. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I didn't remember that, though. I knew that before going. How I many, couldn't remember. How many MVP awards has Aaron Rodgers won? I knew this. Four. Who's the only player that's won more? I know that. Peyton Manning's won five. Have there you been, didn't even know have that. There been any more player, have there been any other players that won more than three besides those two? Joe Montana won three or four. Montana won three? Uh, the answer is I don't think there's anyone that's won more than three how many besides four, those two. So how no. many did Favre win? Uh, three. I think Favre won three. I think Montana won three. Favre won three. And I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you two more. Other than Jordan Love, who was the only other quarterback to start? I know for the- that Hundley, the old UCLA oh, yeah. quarterback. I, uh, I did not know that though. 
So, Hunley, if you remember him out of UCLA, he played what year was that? 17, 2017. I mean, Brett Favre was there every – I mean, Brett Favre was the Iron Man. Yeah. He played in the most consecutive games, right, yeah. still to this day. Yep. And it, who did he beat? Ooh. See, Cody, you take Cody's computer away, and it's like Superman's cape. Whoosh. Aaron, uh, who did he Favre, beat? It was like – Who did he beat? I'm trying to think. Who am I? That'd be a long-term quarterback. I know Eli Manning's second now. I think Manning Manning ended up passing this guy also. And then they benched him for <laughs> Phil Simms. No, Phil Simms got hurt. I, know, I was just trying to guess. Think of a guy that. See, where are you without your computer? Where are most people without their computers? I don't have one. You also didn't know how many – you didn't know who the coach was when Rodgers got drafted. You either. didn't know. You had to look at your computer. I knew it was. Ron Jaworski. Oh, Jaws. Yeah. The guy, the only other guy to before uh, McNabb to lose the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Yeah, I said it. Who did he lose to? Uh, the Raiders. What year? 80. Yeah. Where are we going? We got we got Jesse Rogers. Yeah. Well, he's going to be on the phone. So, Jesse Rogers, because he's at the – he's been covering the WBC as well. Cubs, uh, Cubs have got a bunch of new guys. Cubs are kind of they're they're one of the teams people are looking at as okay. This could be. You look at all the new guys they got. It's pretty interesting. So they signed Dansby Swansby, Jamison Tyon. I think Bellinger. Who cares? But whatever. Uh, Boxberger, Fulmer, Trey Mancini. Will Hosmer resurrect his career? He's like the Mark Grace now of the Chicago Cubs. Mark Grace is not an analyst on their TV broadcast. Has <laughs> he left the D-backs? Yeah, he's, I, when I looked at Mark Key, he's one of their TV guys. So, I, I, they got him as being better. Hard not to be. And plus, they won 74 games last year, but the Cubs. I'm a big, I'm hoping that they're uh, Seiya Suzuki. Jed Hoyer's still their guy yeah, there? Yeah, he's their GM, yeah. Or president of baseball ops, whatever his title is. Uh, I hope Seiya Suzuki says so he's a left oblique strain right now, but he's the guy here for them. I got some stuff on Dansby Swans, uh, Dansby uh, Swansby that you just go Swanson, Swan, Dansby Swanson, <laughs> Swansby. Uh, I got some stuff on him. It's hard to believe he didn't resign in Atlanta. I mean, if I could get to it, how much time we got? Three. All right. If I told you this, so he signed for one hundred and seventy-seven million, right? Yeah. If I told you he only. If a guy, if I told you this, a guy had only missed two games in three years. Is that any good? It's pretty good. He's a hometown guy. Then played at Vandy, also. What? I'm saying he played. I'm saying he played college. That's in that, Tennessee. I know, but it's close to it's close to Atlanta. A couple hours. <laughs> All right. Uh, earned his first All Star berth. Won a Gold Glove. Hit 25 jacks, drove in 96 runs, and he helped lead Atlanta, as they say he's one of the leaders, to their fifth consecutive division title. How do you not sign that guy? Because they're banking on Von Grisham to be the guy. I mean. Local guy, doesn't miss games, and he's a player. Once traded for Shelby Miller. He was a top in the draft, and a year later he was traded. But, yeah, I mean, he was – how, how do you not sign that guy? Back-to-back years, you let him walk, and then you let Freeman walk the year before. I, I, I. Hey, Alex Anthopoulos, it's, these aren't his guys. 
Isn't that crazy? Is it, am I crazy to think, like, how do you not sign this guy? I think the only – if you're going to base it off of new way baseball, they're, they're banking on p- taking the cheaper guy and playing him because he's younger. And maybe you're expecting him to put up the same numbers that Dansby did. I mean, I would have kept the catchers, not traded for Sean Murphy, and put the money into Swan, uh, Dansby Swanson. Yeah, because what they, they – They offered him $100 million. They Yeah, and they – So you take $100 million and the money you gave to Murph – who I, you know, we love Murph, but I mean, Murph is what he is. I mean, this guy was your rock. This guy missed two games in three years. And then, you know, eventually you bring up Von Grisham, which they're gonna they're gonna bank on him. He's like twenty two years old to be the shortstop of the future for them. But then again, who am I? I mean, what do the Astros do? What have the Braves been doing? Their fifth consecutive division title. They've won a World Series. These teams are not they're not being bullied into signing people. That's the bottom line. Look at all the talent that they've let go. Look at all the talent that the Astros have let go. I mean, that's smart. It's shrewd business. Very shrewd. Coming up next, we're talking Windy City baseball. We're not going to the south side. We're going to the east it's side. It's that time of the year. Single Sorry. game pick. Sorry. Wow, I was trying to do a fun one. No, yeah, yeah, we are going to the – we're not going to the south side. We're right? not, where, then what side are we going to? North side. We got to ask him, okay, I've been to Chicago I, 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 multiple times. I've always hung out on the north side. But what's the west side? Isn't that the lake? I've never been to Chicago, so I don't know. I just know the south side's White Sox and north side's white, uh, the Cubs. And I couldn't tell you what side the Bulls play on. They'd be north. They'd be north. I think that the Soldier Field would be north side. And then was that where the Bulls are too? They all around the same area? I believe so. <laughs> There's the old Joe Lewis Arena. That was on the north side. We head to the Windy City that's, next. That's Detroit. So what was the Bulls old stadium? Wasn't it Allstate? No, no, no. Back in the day. Oh, it was the Rosemont? Where did Jordan play? Well, I'll look it up during the break. We head to Chicago next, right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All right, we've just been doing a little geography here. So the East, and we always joke because at nauseum, I mean, it's at nauseum when you play the White Sox, all you hear is South Side, South Side, South Side. It's like, okay, we get it. So we always joke, where are they? Where are the White Sox? South Side. So the the Cubby, I'm trying to look, my hat's crooked. Put the camera back on. It is on. There we go. Um, and I keep saying the west is the lake. East is the Lake Michigan. So if you go to the east side of Chicago, you're in the lake. On the west side, you go to Iowa. Cubs AAA Park's there. I believe it's AAA. I mean, there is nothing west of Chicago, by the way. It's just small towns. Uh, Jess, I believe Jesse's here now, too. That's why Notre Dame is so close. And why Notre, Notre Dame's not that far from uh, Lake Michigan. That's why it's so freaking cold. Do we have Jesse? Jesse, welcome back to Ace Cast Live. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are we doing back there? How we, are we doing? We were just doing a little geography because we always laugh. Whenever you play the White Sox, all the broadcasters repeatedly say south side, south side. So we always joke, what side? So the east side would be Lake Michigan. 
And the west side right. would just be what suburbia till you get to to Iowa. Pretty much, the west side is where the Blackhawks and uh, and Bulls play at the United Center. So we, that's the way we think of it. South side is Sox, north side Cubs, west side is Bulls. But yeah, if you just keep going west, yeah, Iowa and beyond. That's that's how it works. So obviously, being a national guy, we'll get into a lot of things going in baseball. But we're we're previewing the Cubs today, and obviously, that's in your backyard as we're doing every single team spring training. Uh, when you look at the Cubs, only winning seventy four games last year, and you know, and having that back to back losing st- seasons for the first time since they really started their rebuild to finally win the World Series in two thousand sixteen. But there's some interesting names that have come in. We were just talking about Dansby Swanson, his situation. His wife is a soccer star there. It seems like a really good fit, what he did in Atlanta, bringing that now to Chicago. How how do you see the Cubs going into this season? Yeah, I think their floor is higher than last year. I think in a worst-case scenario, they'll, they'll have more than 74 wins. I just don't know if their ceiling is all that much higher. I think their ceiling is probably right around 80, maybe a few more than that if things break well. They did do a lot in the offseason, but it, you, know, you just you can't confuse activity with accomplishment. Um, Swanson's a great signing. Uh, it's just not enough to, to, to sort of propel them into the next level, which is the Cardinals and, and even a level above them like the Phillies and Mets and Braves and those teams in the National League. So are they better? I just don't know if they're elite. They will put the old axiom to test. Pitching and defense wins championships. They have both those things. They just may not have enough offense. Pitching, uh, I'm sorry, defense usually never slumps. I don't see why it would here. Bellinger in the middle is great with Swanson and Horner. They have two good defensive catchers, so really strong up the middle. They have developed some pitching. They're deeper in pitching, and then maybe even when they won the World Series, um, if, if, they're, if they need to go to six, seven, or eight starters, they have them. Um, they don't necessarily have that elite guy like Verlander or Scherzer. So it's a good team. Um, remains to be seen if they could be a great team, but they'll be in a lot of ball games. They'll probably win a few, three to two, lose a few, you know, ten to five, that kind of thing. But um, it's good. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be great or not. We were talking about it earlier with our TV guy, Glenn Kuyper, down at spring training that, you know, we see teams traditionally, if they improve from the year before, one thing you can always guarantee those teams got better in run prevention. We talk so much about scoring runs and home runs and walks and all this kind of stuff. If you get better defensively, you will win more games. Wouldn't you agree we don't talk enough about that? And especially this year, no shifting. The infielder is going to have to cover more ground, and they're going to have to be far better. Yeah, I mean, that's what the analytical people will tell you. Um, An improvement on defense does equal more wins. However, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies were not supposed to be any improvement on defense last year, and they made the World Series, in part because they have a slugging team. Like, you still can fall back on that, right, uh, at the end of the day. I, I do think pitching and defense is important, but we know that that, that, that old axiom isn't completely true, right? It's a, a, a slugging offense in this day and age, maybe it'll change without the shift, is still a nice thing to have. Uh, the Braves won the World Series with a home run or nothing team two years ago. The Phillies got pretty darn close this past year. So, yes, all the nerds will tell you improve your defense, but those are marginal improvements. If you want to jump up into the elite group, you need a deep slugging lineup just as much as you need good defense and pitching. Well, you look at the rotation, and if we say base 
best-case scenario, if you're throwing out Stroman and Hendricks and Tyon, who you brought over, I mean, you can kind of make a case that they're going to be competitive. I think if Hendricks returns from an injury, they're really deep. He's going to be about a month behind. Their young guys are actually pretty good as well. The other night, uh, Javier Assad, you've never heard of him, threw three shutout innings against Team USA, pitching for Team Mexico. He was great. That's a Cubs pitcher who made his debut last year. Um, yeah, they, they're, like I said, they're not necessarily top-heavy. Uh, Stroman's a number one, Tyen's a number two, and in a great rotation, that'd probably be two and three for those guys. But they are deep, and actually, I think they could ma- they could match the Cardinals' rotation. They really could. If you're counting on 41-year-old Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty returning from injury and Jordan Montgomery, and you know, it's not necessarily the best rotation in the in the game the Cardinals I think the Cubs could match them there I just don't think they can match them offensively when you're talking about Goldschmidt Arenado Tyler O'Neill and, and, and now Wilson Contreras down there at least offensively St. Louis is definitely better than the Cubs in that category what do you think can really happen with Cody Bellinger switching from LA to Chicago a lot of people in the game have their doubts. Like, I'm, I'm going to try to uh, remain unbiased about it. I've talked to scouts that have watched him early. It's okay. Uh, even David Ross has said the swing looks a little bit better. We'll see without the shift how, how much, you know, it matters. But it's all proportionate. He might be a little bit better, but so will every other lefty against the Cubs as well. So the question is, can he be MVP better? Can he get back to 2018 I have my doubts he's, he's not going to see palm trees behind center field. He's going to feel the wind coming in for two months off the lake. Uh, you guys mentioned the lake earlier. It's not an easy place to hit for lefties all season, especially the first two months. I mean, there's been five left-handers in the history of the Cubs to hit 30 or more home runs in a season, and um, two of them have done it more than once. Uh, three of them have just done it once. So it's, it's hard to do. The wind comes in off that lake. So, if Bellinger is trying to do too much to sort of get back to his form, he's going to run into problems. He just needs to let the game come to him, get those extra hits through the right side, and you know let the power come when it comes, when the weather turns, when he's on the road, that kind of thing. So there's a lot sort of working against him. The one thing working for him is a change of scenery. Don't discount that. That could be a big deal. New voices talking to him in the hitting department, change of scenery, new fan base. I think that will help. But he needs to get past those first terrible months of weather, and let's see where it look, what it looks like at that point. And, and, you know, what I've been reading is that they got some prospects that are coming up, and I think it like first base is, is Eric Hosmer, who is now a Cubby, is, is he just a placeholder? Even Bellinger's just a placeholder. These guys are on one-year deals, could be flipped by, by July if the Cubs aren't in it. Yeah, uh, in fact, Bellinger's more of a placeholder than, than, than even – um, Hosmer, I mean, Mancini's there for a couple of years, possibly. The prospect at first looks good, but um, he wasn't a major prospect, so he's making a name for himself. His name is Matt Mervis. He's actually playing on Team Israel right now. The guy in center is the guy they, they uh, got for Javi Baez from the Mets, Pete Crow Armstrong. His mother's an actress, actually. Uh, he looks like the real deal. He can, he can go get it in center right now. He could, he could be a gold glover right now. His, they, they're going to give him a year at AAA still to, to get his bat there. That's the real deal. Um, in center, they have kind of a, a prospect in left of half leads. And I say kind of just because he's had some injuries, Brennan Davis. Mervis is going to get his chance at first base. He looks and acts and hits like Anthony Rizzo, but still um, AAA level. He was a non-draftee in 2020 when they only had five rounds. So he's 
kind of come out of nowhere. Um, so there's a good prospect base. We'll see if it's it's almost like their pitching staff right now. It, it's not top heavy. It's deeper than they've had. But if there's a star in that group, it's Pete Crow Armstrong in center field. Would you bet that the Cubs could win 80 games or more? Oh, I'd bet on that. Sure, I'd bet on that. I mean, if you if you raised it to 85, I would probably not bet on that. <laughs> I would not bet on that. I mean, you know, it's 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 a tight window. There, Vegas has them at 78, I believe. I probably, I mean, Cub fans are all hammering the over on that. I'd probably take the over, but with your guys' money, not my own. Like, I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be right around 80. I think playing more games outside their division hurts them more than helps them. There's a real divide among elite teams here, and the Cubs are kind of one of the few teams in the middle. I think the Diamondbacks are in that group. The Giants may be in that group, but uh, there's a lot of haves and have-nots. And right now, until further notice, the Chicago Cubs are in the have-nots category until they prove differently. And they might. Pitching a defense might win them a, a lot of games. We'll see. I mean, base, baseball has a saying like that for, some, for a certain reason. But let's see what it looks like over 162. That's, that's my concern about both trying to win with pitching and defense. It's, it's hard to do that over 162. Let's put your national hat on. And speaking of the haves and haves-nots, you've got 11 teams spending under $100 million. You've got 11 teams if, you know, you're down at the winter meetings, you're down at spring training, you're talking to people from organizations. That, that's a good percentage of your sport that the owners are not happy with that they, they 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 agreed to the new deal but a lot of the bottom feeders and we're one of them they're not happy and they're not spending money like i said 11 of your teams are under 100 million just when you hear that and what you're hearing where are we right now with a lot of these teams that are like you know what we probably could spend a lot more money but we're not well, I feel very little sorrow for those owners. They voted in that deal, I believe, unanimously, um, even though there were a lot of complaints about that CBT going up um, without uh, necessarily a floor. Uh, there is revenue sharing going on, so you can't complain too much about that. But let's face it, one there, there, there's a lot of unknown facts, you know, the books of all these teams, you know, who's making money, who's not. But, but I'll say this about owners, right, Um and again, some of this is dressed through through revenue sharing, but I think there's uh, this is factual. The New York market makes money more money for the Yankees than the Oakland market. I mean, that's factual. So yep. there is a disparity in revenues, but that should be addressed through revenue sharing. It still doesn't address the disparity though in in payrolls. It's just it's just ridiculous to have a team at 90 million, 80 million, 70 million, and another team at 300 million. It's just the NFL exists because they don't do that. The Green Bay Packers can be competitive simply because the system allows for them to do that. So I, I don't feel sorry for the owners, but I do think the system needs overhauling. Um, I think Rob Manfred, you know, kind of is, is, in a, in a, is in a pickle here because of the Padres. The Padres are spending despite being a small market. And instead of applauding them, the league is saying it's not sustainable. Don't look at the Padres as the blueprint. Well, I think fans of the A's or the Pirates should look at the Padres as a blueprint. Motivated owners will spend money to make money. And then here's the ultimate question. Here is the $1 million question. At the end of this year, however far the Padres go, will they make money or lose money? And I don't know if we're ever going to get the real answer because we never get to see their books. 
But it's a real question. Does spending a turn in payroll and selling out your season ticket fan base and going to the postseason, inherently that should make them money, even though they're the 26th market. They may tell you it won't. The league may tell you it won't. I just don't know what to believe anymore. And that the San Diego Padres are the poster child for all this thing because it's really the first small market team to spend like a drunken sailor. All right, let's end on this. We know you only have so much time. Uh, WBC, do you like it? And do you think some of the criticism about not maybe having all the best players in it, well, pitchers can only pitch so much, do you think that's fair? I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't like anything that, that involves uh, – I have to talk to my parent club before I can do this or do that. And I've heard manager Mark DeRosa say that we need to talk to their parent club. I mean, it's, it's like literally like talking to the Little League parents. Hey, can I pitch Johnny another day in a row here? <laughs> I guess there's no perfect answer. Maybe you take a month break mid-season every four years to run a tournament like that so everyone can play at their peak. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it feels a little goofy. Not the best players are there and, and the players that are under restrictions. I mean, I'll enjoy the semifinals and the finals. It'll be competitive, but I'm covering it every day, and I'm hearing about, you know, calling my parent club and all this stuff. I don't think anybody watching can say it's a perfect tournament or they enjoy it like they would the World Series, but it does break up the monotony of spring training, I guess you could say that, for players and media and fans. You know, it's something interesting in spring training. So I guess I'll say I don't love it, but I don't mind it either. Are we making sure that they have orange slices and apple juice for after the games? <laughs> well, I mean, if they pitch too many innings, they might hear from their parents' <laughs> club after the game, just like a parent might say something to their coach. Hey, man, my kid's got tryouts in three years at travel baseball. You're throwing him too much. So, or you're not throwing him enough, usually, when you hear from parents. So, yeah, all that Little League stuff kind of applies. It's kind of funny to hit, listen to Rosa talk about you know, oh, man, I got I can't pitch Lance uh, Lynn uh, for three more days. He threw 65 pitches. So it is a little weird and, and to be an international big-time tournament and have these Little League rules attached to it, but it is what it is. Hey, we always appreciate the time. Great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the spring, uh, the rest of spring training, and we'll talk to you during the regular season. You got it. Take care, guys. Jesse Rogers from ESPN. Read his stuff, ESPN.com. Always great to have him on the program. Good get by you. Uh, a solid national guy, great connections. We always love having him on the program. Um, Hung out with him and uh, he came on with us live in San Diego. Yeah, great, great guy. It was great to see him. And he, st- he we, we both looked at each other when he said there's only been five players in Cubs history left-handed at 30 home runs. I found three of them. I can't find the other two. What was the two you you put up the number two? Oh, oh two, two minutes, minutes yeah. yeah. No, it, so Schwarber did it. Rizzo's done it. Billy Williams, so I can't think of the The great other. Billy Williams. A's great Billy Williams. <laughs> I can't think of who the other two left-handed hitters in Cubs history to hit 30 home runs are. Well, they've only been playing for 150-something, yeah, I mean, yeah. 60 years. You know, they're, they're not a new club like the Rays, but, yeah, I can't think of the other two. But, I mean, that's pretty alarming. Rafael Palmero, Cub great. Mark Grace, thinking of left-handed hitters. Uh, Leon Durham, the Bull. Uh, let's see. Mark Grace, his career no, high in home runs. 30, no way. His career high in home runs was. Look uh, at Leon, Dur- Leon Durham. 17 was his career high. Leon Durham. Do you even know who Leon Durham is? Never heard the name. He was their big first baseman in the 80s. 
Um, no, career high was twenty seven. Who's you said one other one? <sighs> Big le- Andre Dawson. <laughs> the Hawk was right handed. Um, Ryan Sandberg. I looked up Hack Wilson. I couldn't remember if he was right or left handed. He was right handed. The great Hack Wilson. Great His hundred and ninety RBIs this season. Don't think we'll ever have that record broken. Just trying to think. Cubs that hit jacks. Sammy Sosa. Um, God, what like what power hitters have they had? Since? Ernie Banks. <laughs> yeah. They have a ton of – you know what? Cubs may not have a whole lot of left-handed power, but they got yeah. tons. They, they, they Ron had, Santo. They had Dave Kingman. Okay, yeah, Kingman hit like 46 for that. He's great. Uh, they've had tons of right-handed hitters hit bombs. God, what? This is really, really a lot. Like, what? Yeah. Best left. Yeah. Do we have any Cubs historians that we know? I, I don't want to feel like looking at the best 25 sluggers in Cubs history. It's just well, that you're going to get your answer there. Yeah, that is a great question. Who are the five Cubs that hit 30 bombs? What? What is Jim Hick, Hickman? It doesn't tell you what he bats, but okay, let's see. Wait a minute, go go up, go up. There's Leon Durham. Go up, go up. Did he just say 32 home runs? Uh, he hit 1970. Not. There you go. The great Jim but, Hickman. But 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 it doesn't say if he's left-handed or not. It's uh, just it's a, it, I thought you were doing left-handed no, hitters. No, it, it was just a top. I did, but it just then it had the top. It just had the top 25. Right, we're done. I'm done with that. If you cannot produce that for me, you're putting in Jeff. It was Jim. Jim Hickman. I'm. If we can't get it with Hickman, we're out. Nope, he's ready. All right. Um, if there's any Cubs fans out there that know left-handed Cubs sluggers, please let us know. Rizzo, Schwarber, and Billy Williams are the three we got. We need two more. This WBC thing. I remember when, because I, I I tape the morning show, and I'm kind of forgetting the name of the morning. What do they call get, What do they call the morning show on? Uh, hot, hot, on MLB Network. Yeah, hot stove. No, that hot stove's off season. What do they call it during the regulars? Whatever. MLB they, Central. Yeah, so I tape it every morning just to go through because you know I work late, right? So I'll I'll watch the post game show. The wind's pretty wicked out there. Either someone's breaking into my house or it's really windy. One of two things is happening. But how much time do we have? Oh, oh we got plenty, plenty of time. time. So. I remember when Mark DeRosa was named manager of the WBC coach. He's the head coach, whatever, uh, of Team USA. They tried to sell this as a big deal. Like, it's D-Ro, and oh, my God, and isn't Griffey on his staff and a bunch of dudes yeah, there's a on bunch his staff, of- right? Oh, my God, Team USA, right? And there was a lot of buildup, right? Because obviously, oh, the Dominican team and Shohei Otani's on Team Japan and the Puerto Rican team. And, you know, oh, my God, these, you know, this is going to be a great – like, they build this thing up. Like, they, they want it to be this great thing, but then it hits. And it just – it's like there's not the sizzle on the steak. I don't care. This this is coming from someone. I'm Switzerland on this. I don't care. Even though I'm a baseball guy, I've said it repeatedly, this time of the year for me is college hoops. 
I love college hoops. We're filling out brackets. We're getting ready to go. You know, how much is your bracket? Are you are you the Rick Neuheisel spending like someone's winning a hundred grand on your bracket? I meant or to you, ask you if you wanted to join ours. It's twenty dollars for one bracket. Whoa, wow! Are we allowed to do that in baseball? That's a lot of money. What's so. Hembo's? We're gonna are we gonna join Hembo's? Hembo's, Hembos yeah, he, I joined Hembo's last night. Um, he okay. usually, he usually has a bunch of people on his, and then we have one through the A's too. All right. Well, there you go. We're playing doing, games tonight. We're doing brackets, right? This is this is what's fun. This time of year. It's college hoops. You got kids playing for their schools. You got kids. I've said it before. I'll say it again. 99%. It's probably even 99 point something of these guys don't play in the NBA. There's what? With the playing games, there's what? How many, how many teams are there? 68. 68. So if you take 68, how many are on a college on a college team? It's not 50. Is it 15 like the NBA? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because you got red shirts. You got all the uh, the amount of kids that are going to be on that bench for all these teams for sixty eight teams. Ninety nine point something percent of them will not play in the NBA. Fair, fair. All right, this is their chance to shine. Right, this is their chance to to, to be on national television, to be on CBS. You've waited your whole life to be on True TV. Where else are they going to be? True TV, TBS. Yeah, can't wait to watch a pit game on that tonight. Um. That's that's awesome. I it's great for these kids, and you just see the drama, right? And you you get these stories about these college kids. I was once a college kid playing sports. One shining moment, the thing they do at the end of the tournament. They do a whole. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's incredible, man. There's tears of joy, tears of pain. Seniors who will never play again. This was it. I mean, this all the storyline. And you want me to be WBC? So I I just don't care about the WBC. I have enough. I my scorebook arrived in the mail. I got the Bible ready to go. I, I, I'm getting ready. I've got enough baseball to watch. I don't care if Team Israel beats Team Canada, who beats Team Great Britain, who beats Team Taiwan. I don't care. I, I just quick aside: Puerto Rico had a perfect game yesterday. That's true. I saw that. Eight, 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 they walked off in the perfect game. So it's like. Yes, that's right, because of the 10-run rule. Yeah. Um, I just – but so then when I hear the complaint, so it, it, this really is a tough thing because you want to build it up like it's just something great. But then when it gets time to the nitty-gritty, that because you're the – to, to, to make something great, you either got to be all in or you're not. And they technically can't be all in because these players are signed to contracts by these Major League Baseball teams. And obviously, if I'm a Major League Baseball team – and I'm paying a guy millions of dollars. I don't want you grinding him out for their team Puerto Rico or team USA or team whoever. So where is the competition? Right? Is it going to be a legit uh, what makes the Olympics great? The fact that all of these athletes train for four years to qualify and then to compete for their countries. They're all in. When people are all in, we are all in as fans. If I'm watching the Super Bowl, everybody's all in to win the ring, right? If I'm watching the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, World Series, Daytona 500, the Masters, Wimbledon, whatever the big events are. Indy 500. Indy 500, whatever. Oh, you going open wheel versus NASCAR? Well, you're talking about drive to survive, and I'm just thinking about open wheel and 
Let's not forget. Let's not Daytona 500 is the big one for NASCAR. Don't you dare forget. You ain't rubbing. You ain't racing. Don't you dare forget WrestleMania. <laughs> wow. Super Bowl wrestling. Wow. <laughs> Fact. It, I mean, now, there, nothing now, I said is incorrect. It's now, it's now a two-day event. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, when is WrestleMania? April 1st and 2nd. Problem is they got too many big events. now. I get a pay-per-view, so they got too many big events. Who's heavyweight champ now? Roman Reigns. Still? Yeah, he's been it for like 900-something days. I just don't get I don't get him like being a superstar. Do you know who he's fight, facing WrestleMania? No, I don't know. The great Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody. He's trying to become the first Rhodes to win a major title. Are we, are we, are we at a little lapse for a great star right now? Uh, we don't have a Hogan. We don't have a Warrior. We don't have a Rock. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. We don't have that kind Undertaker. of guy. They got John Cena coming back. Undertaker. Uh, hey, Paul Bear. Um, uh, see, they have John Cena coming back for this. I mean, John Cena was. A, if you're going to look at a guy that bridged the John gap, John Cena is a star, man. John Cena has made movies, yeah, commercials. John Cena has had a very good. R- career. Roman Reigns is a, is the guy right now, but he's supposed to go to a. We have a lull. We yeah, don't. We don't like, have a. People in wrestling love Roman because what he's doing. He's been a champion for like 930 days. But, but great champions. It, I I can't believe you're taking me down this road, but <laughs> there's a bunch of you dorks that love this. You, Alan Bernstein, Casey <laughs> Pratt, a bunch of you guys are you, – you haven't grown up. You still hey, are – In my defense, they're older than I am. You still <laughs> – you guys are still into wrestling. I was huge. WWF was my thing. I loved the Macho Man. He was my guy. I loved it. But I grew out of that as I became an adult. I did too that I got back in. Ric Flair well, – I can't believe I didn't mention Ric Flair. There's not a Ric Flair right now. I don't think there ever will be another Ric Flair. That is fact. I, I did watch the video again today with Jay Lethal this morning. <laughs> if, if if folks, you most people won't know what we're talking about, but this guy imitates Flair to Flair. If you didn't watch it and just listen to it, he sounds just like it. It's incredible. They tore our Space Mountain down. 60-minute <laughs> man, baby. You can't do me. <laughs> That's my line. Oh, so good. I You derailed me. Or w- Jason Barrett would be so upset yeah, with you. WB- you, you, dera- you derailed me. Well, actually, I just added on to your list of great events. You derailed you're ta- me. WBC, you're talking about all the major events, Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah, yeah, and- yeah, yeah. So even like WrestleMania, everybody's all in. Like, it's true. Like, all the fans believe it's real. And everybody's <laughs> all in. Like, folks, we're not all in in this event. So it's like. You want to build it up, and uh, D-Row, and Trout's playing. Oh, my God, Trout's playing. He had a home run yesterday. Not to take it away yeah, from Yeah, with the 19-year-old A-ball kid from Canada. Uh, well, I-, I mean, seriously. We can't say we're you, – you can't tell me the event is great and then the sport can't be all in. Do you want to – should we play what Scherzer had to say? Do you, just, do you like what – here, we'll play what Scherzer had to say, and we'll see if you like – Max Scherzer was I asked. I spoke with Hall, future Hall of Famer, and because he's a future Hall of Famer, he knows everything. Okay, so uh, Scherzer did not speak to Tim Kirchner. So he spoke oh, he to, doesn't? He spoke to SNY, and they asked him about the WC. I talked to Cody, and <laughs> Cody said. All right, here's what Scherzer had to say yesterday. For me personally, I looked at it, and, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not ready to step into a quasi playoff game right now, you know, physically. I feel like if I do that, I'm rolling the dice with my arm. Uh, it's hard enough to try to make 33 starts, try to throw 200 innings as it is already with a n- normal ramp up in spring. Um, 
I, I just feel like if I'm trying to, if I go out there and try to do too much early in spring, it, it really could affect me throughout the season. Uh, like I said, it would be rolling the dice with it. So um, to say, it, you know, would there be a format where if the WBC was during the season, I think you would get more pitcher participation and. And more importantly, I think it would be more exciting for the fans because you would actually have starters built up. Uh, you wouldn't have guys on pitch counts or, you know, whatever it is that you'd actually have real guys going at it. would be a real game. Okay. Well, Scherzer, not a bad idea to do that every four years. But my first question is, Max, would pitchers be allowed to pitch when they're built up? The answer is absolutely not. So, like, they're trying to sell it, and I, and, and I understand it. So, like, on my phone, looking at it right now, I got updates from – MLB, the app, and also from The Athletic. Captain America, Mike Trout, hit a home run. I mean, they've been sending us this stuff. U.S. wins versus Great Britain. They've been sending us all this stuff, trying to pump this. But it's like, oh, by the way, The Athletic has a new thing on RSNs. Cable television's dying. Not good. That's why AceCast was invented. Not good. Uh, I got to read that. Did you see that? They, the new article came out. I have it, but oh, I just I no, I didn't see it. It came a, out today. There's a new thing okay. about RSNs. You know, like, and this is not baseball. What does the NBA do? What does hockey do? They're all tied. Yes. And technically, in local markets, the NFL teams are all connected with these. A lot of them do, like, a lot of them do pre and post on there. Yeah, they have some. They have weekly shows, yep. coaches' shows, players' shows. As you said, pre and post game shows because they think that you know you don't want to stick around for you know Howie and JB and Strahan mm. and Bradshaw and, and uh, oh, uh, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. You don't want to stick around. You don't want to do the CBS that you Cower want. Burleson, Boomer. You want to you want to go to your local people, right? So, but so all three of the, all four of the major sports. Count them. Baseball, hockey, NBA, football. They're all connected to these RSNs. So, really interesting. I don't know what the article is going to say. But getting back to this, I don't think there's ever going to be a time that you can really do this, that you can really make this true competition to where we're going to do everything we can to win the WBC. Whether no matter what time of year it is, because these guys are all under contract, they are we're we're already technically with all the Tommy John surgeries, we're already pushing these guys in the regular season in baseball, and now we're going to want them to throw extra. We're going to want them. So it does it really matter if it's before the season, during the season, after the season? Is there ever going to be a really time we want these guys? who are under contract with these teams to go all out for the teams that are not paying for them for, for, for really what is just basically an exhibition. Yeah. Look at it this way. If you, you play it and you replace it every four years with the all-star break. Okay. I can take that a little bit, but say Shane McClanahan goes out there and blows out his arm and the Rays don't make the playoffs that year. Was it worth it for him to blow out his arm pitching the WBC at the all-star break? No. I'd rather just see these guys. I mean, the All-Star game is the All-Star game. They're not, I mean, but at least the guys participate. But here's the problem. All-Star breaks, what, four days? Yeah, pretty much. It's not like the NBA where you get like a week off. Yeah, it's essentially we play Sunday. We get Monday's the home run derby. Tuesday's the game. Or no, 
Yeah, Monday's home right. derby, Tuesday's a game, off day. Last year, they were, they were games starting on Thursday. They had a game. So it, it was three days. Yeah. How are you going to play games in Taiwan, in Japan, in the United States? Where are they playing all these games? How are you going to play all these games in four days? I saw someone fair raise a question. It was one of the comments right under the Scherzer video on SNY on Twitter. And they asked, will you be willing to cut the schedule to 154 games for this to happen? If you're going to do it, you're going to have to cut games out of the schedule when you do it. Uh, that means that's money out of everybody's. money out of their pocket, and that means World Series either goes into November, which baseball doesn't want, or it can't. It, yeah, so you, how are you going to figure it out? And by the way, I want everybody to think about this when you say cutting the season, and people say, "Ah, oh, it's about the owners," no doubt. But I want everybody to think about this: when you cut games, you cut people's paychecks, people who work at the stadiums. People who rely on these paychecks, and they rely on every dollar of those paychecks. So when someone's, you know, we now have the scanners for your tickets, and someone's getting you a beer, someone's getting you a hot dog, you see the usher, you see the security, you see the people working at the ballpark. The minute you start talking about games, see, that's the problem with the media. media. Media people are just not business people. They don't understand. They view it as, well, it's just the owners. They'd have to take less money. Yep, you're cutting. Everyone. You're cutting the people who work at the stadium. That's what's been so painful about the Warriors leaving, about the Raiders leaving, is people relied on those paychecks who worked for those 41 games at Oracle, whatever it's Oakland Arena now, who relied on those 10 games for the Raiders. It was 10, two preseason, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So it's like those paychecks are gone. So whenever we talk about cutting time, you're cutting people's checks, and it's just not the billionaire owners, they'll be fine. I worry about the people at the stadium who work with us. I worry about them. Yeah, for sure. So they're going to get cut out. If you're, I mean, like, how, how long is this? This is a couple weeks. You cannot take a month, essentially, out of the baseball schedule to play the WBC. You just can't. So it's like. You want me to be excited. You want me to be all in and, oh, my God, the dr- I'm so stoked about the drama. But the reality is, how do you get all in when these teams really can't be all in? Like the, the position players can and the drama and player from your country is cool, but it's an exhibition. Like, and like it, I get it like watching around the world because like, I think this other countries, I, I don't want to say this because we don't know for sure, but it seems like they might the other players from other countries might care more. I mean, Sandy O'Contra is pitching for his country. Julio Rios is pitching for Team Mexico. Otani's pitching for Japan. We had Lance Lynn start last night. No, nothing against Lance Lynn. I love Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is shoved against the A's yeah, many Lan- times. Lan- and he was great last night. But Ra- Ra- Ranger Lance Lynn took it to that's the when, A's yeah. quite a few times. And that's when Lance Lynn figured it out. Uh, but, like, we're not seeing – Scherzer, we're not seeing Verlander, we're not seeing Corbin Burns, we're not seeing McClanahan, we're not seeing Manoa. These guys that are out there that are that are getting all. You're, the, you're missing a name. Uh, but big pitcher, pitching name, Jacob Degrom. Right? <laughs> 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 Who put that tweet out last night? Uh, there was Sesame's uh, barbecue. Oh, it made my night. It made it literally made my. I, I Don't spoil it. I have a whole segment built for the DeGrom thing. What, what was the – huh? I have a whole segment built we can do on DeGrom tomorrow about the whole pitching strategies and the quality start thing that Ken uh, and Johnny were talking about. Oh, oh. So, and then you, you you texted me. You texted me that. Then you texted me back because I was laughing at it. 
You wanted to show me that. Well, it actually meant this. But you're laughing at the Grom, which is great. They brought up, look at all the great pitchers for the U.S. who are not playing. How can this be legit? And they threw DeGrom. <laughs> hey, whoa. No offense, but DeGrom did throw a minor league session yesterday. <laughs> Ranger fans are excited. Dude, it's crazy. It's literally, we're going to look back some someday at Jacob DeGrom and look how all you, all you fantasy sports people, how you view DeGrom. They brought up DeGrom. The WBC's missing. He's barely been able to throw a bullpen, let alone play in a real game. Yeah, I think he threw like The 24. WBC is not missing Jacob DeGrom. I think he threw 24, 25 pitches yesterday. And against the minor leaguers. Yeah. And you're mentioning, hey, DeGrom's not at the WBC. <laughs> the best quote I could find. Somebody rated. Oh, I, I took a picture of it. I got let, it somewhere. Let I was going to bring it up today. Let me give Hold you on. I got someone who is rating. For fantasy baseball, the top pitchers for fantasy baseball, and DeGrom was one of the top ones. He's, he probably would be number – if you're looking for guys, it'd be like – I'm sure Verlander's up there too, but like Burns and, and DeGrom would be in the top five easily. Colvin Burns was one. That's what, So DeGrom's probably two or three. Uh, how many games has he pitched in? 38 in the last three years. So 38 games the last three years, you're a great fantasy player? Uh, no. But people are, people are built on the upside for this year. They think he's think he's gonna be ready for. Hey, um, I mean that's what we're missing, Team America. We're missing Jacob Degrom because he's thrown a couple bullpens. No, no <laughs> back in 2017, Noah Syndergaard, you you know him as Floor, uh, that's Dodger legend now. Noah Syndergaard said, "Ain't nobody made it to the Hall of Fame or the or the World Series playing in the WBC." I mean, I I I get I get. For baseball, though, it is a great thing. Yeah, it is. For you everyone see, to watch the game around the world, it's awesome. Just, just, I mean, on Twitter, you can follow it and see, like, what the games look like in Taiwan. I mean, what, what they look, I mean, people are digging it and people love it. And that's all that matters. It's enjoyment. Let people enjoy it. It's entertainment. Why, why do we have to, why, why do we have to crap on it? We're throwing this tournament. We don't need it. I mean, I, I, I'm not throwing shade. I just, I'm not that interested, but I'm not throwing shade. I think it's I think it's you know people in in other countries. I mean the game between Mexico and the United States was sold out at uh, Chase Field. Might be the only sellout other than opening day at Chase Field. Another there's more wow. shots fired at the Diamondbacks. I like and the Diamondbacks are one of my sleepers by the way. But yeah, that'll be the most excitement at, that that's the most excitement they've had at Chase Field since the Yankees in the uh, Yankee. What was that? Oh two oh one. Oh one. Oh one. That's the most excitement since Luis Gonzalez got the hit off Mariano Rivera that they've had there at Chase Field. Yeah, shots fired. Didn't, didn't Craig Council score that run too? He scored the one for Renteria and the Marlins. Was Council in third when they won the I don't know, I can't answer. That'd be, if he was, that'd be uh that'd be that's an awesome trivia question if it was him for both. But that 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 the WBC criticism, it's like, you know, let's face it. You're you're putting you're putting baseball at the forefront in, in a time when people are just doing spring. People people don't even do spring training previews anymore. Has ESPN? I haven't seen any. I haven't watched. I haven't seen ESPN do one. 
not that I know of. I haven't seen. I've been watching like, it. I've a couple of years grinding. ago. A couple of years ago, we know that for sure they did because the late Pedro Gomez came and interviewed yes. every single one. But I don't know if they've done that. E- MLB Network Radio has because the, the Duke and uh, David Ardsma were there when we were there. But ESPN used to go to every single camp and do a training camp special. They don't do that anymore. Hell, you go to ESPN.com right now. MLB is not even at the top. You've got to you've got to click the arrow for it to come down. They don't they they now only put MLB during season up there with the top leagues. So it's like I get I get what they're trying to do and they're trying to grow the game globally and it makes a lot of money. I, I I'm assuming this may I don't know this, this could be a total wash. They could be they could be making no money. They could be losing money on this. I I, I don't know. All I know for back to the ESPN thing is that all I know is like I know Kirkshin because of listening to Buster and like I'm pretty sure passing they've been into the Grapefruit League. I don't think I don't know if anyone's like Jesse is here because he covers the Cubs and White Sox and like Alden Gonzalez covers the Dodgers for but they're he, they're already here because they base covering those teams like the National guys. I don't know if they're going to if they're going to every spring training. Like I know Kirkshin was on there, but he as you mentioned and always talk about he did talk to Scherzer. They talk- I was at Mets camp. And Max Scherzer, future Hall of Famer, and whatever he says, I'm going to go with as gospel. So yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I don't know what ESPN does because you can't even find it on the website. I want to uh, I want to address something that Jesse Rogers and you just made me think of this. I want to address something. I want to address the San Diego Padres. Jesse said what I think. And I maybe know a little more. I have a little insight on this. And I got it recently. There's going to be a lot of people. As I mentioned, there's 11 teams spending under $100 million. There's 11 owners going, eh. And you have the Padres owner, Peter Seidler. He's all in. And I know there's a lot of people. We love when someone else spends money for our enjoyment. We love that as fans. We expect that as fans. I get it. But at some point, things get out of hand. And you could hear a national guy who's not in San Diego say, hey, listen, great test case. Padres are all in. They're spending all this money. They're going to get $3 million this year. They're going to get $3 million fans. Their TV deal, ooh, they're Bally's, right? So Correct. that's, I mean, who Bally's going into bankruptcy, we'll see. But they don't have a huge TV deal. Like, when it's all said and done, whatever happens with the Padres, do they make money? I will tell you this, and fans don't care, and I get it. But I do. This is the business that we're in. I have learned that the owner of the Padres is using personal wealth to guarantee these contracts through insurance policies that this is what I heard. If true, I can't believe baseball is allowing this. Now they may not have any legal right to stop him, but when you start saying, I'm going to, I'm going to rob Peter to pay Paul, right? That kind of stuff gets you in trouble, right? That's what financially gets people on Wall Street, banks. It gets people in trouble. Frank McCourt. Remember Frank McCourt was trying to find any kind of money 
to 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 hang on to the Dodgers? Like when you start going outside of the business and outside of baseball to pay for what you got going, you start running into major problems. And it can get ugly and it can get ugly fast. I have found, and I'm gonna give you an example. Hasso Plattner, who is the German billionaire. Have I mentioned this yet? Yeah. So Hasso Plattner, billionaire, owns the Sharks. Older gentleman. He's in his 80s, right? Yeah. I think, I think we looked up. I think it was 80s. So I have found out that in his trust, he's got a bunch of money set aside for the Sharks, for a new arena, business operations. They've got it all set. If Hasso Plattner, not, knock on wood, pray for his health, but if something was to happen to him, They'll be business as usual. It's covered. There's not going to be like, oh, my God, what do we do? The billionaire died. Does his heirs want to? Nope. They got a trust set. Sharks will go on seamlessly. There's no way from what I've learned that that's how the Padres thing's operating. And if you start taking loans out off businesses that you own and those things don't get paid, you got to pay the piper. See where I'm going? Like, with ownership of the Padres? Like, you don't pay. It's it, it. So, this whole thing with the Padres is more than just, you know what? Everybody in baseball is making a lot of money. Let's just see how it works out. Well, it better work out. Because if you're going outside of your team and what your team makes to be able to pay for this stuff, and you've got to start taking loans out to, to pay for something else, and it doesn't work out, it could get ugly. It could get really, really ugly. And then no one's going to be sitting there cheerleading about how great it is to spend over your means. You spend over your means, but there's a difference between spending over your means and then going way over it. And there's belief that Seidler isn't a best of health and he wants to win. He wants to win now. I mean, they're, they're even talking about the parade route. What, what would the parade be like if you win the World Series? <laughs> Dude, it's crazy, this stuff. It is literally crazy what's going on. And I got, I got a pretty good source. What is the division first? It's pretty crazy. The amount of money that they're, like, having to guarantee, they don't have. If you don't have it, someone's going to get a piece of your bulk. I mean, I don't know exactly how legally it would work. I just know it's not good. And we live that with Frank McCourt and the Dodgers. Thing is, Padres are not the Dodgers. There's always going to be big-time uh, money lining up to buy a Dodgers, right? Dodgers t- television contracts probably close to $400 million. Padres don't have that. So if the Padres go into great depth, as, as they've guaranteed well over a billion dollars past 2024, Padres have the most guaranteed money by way more than anybody else going forward, way beyond their means. But more than like it's like over six hundred million. If something happened, you tried to sell that team, you'd be like, "Oh, you got to pay over two billion dollars for the Padres." And oh, by the way, you got to absorb over a billion dollars of their debt. Ah, everybody's applauding it. All right, let's see how it works. Because yeah, it could work out. Could win the World Series. Everybody's happy. Make a ton of money. But what if they don't? 
what if they don't? And what if they don't win? And what if the money they're spending, they end up not having? And then you got to go into the personal wealth. And then there's these loans. And then just wait. At some point, yeah, I probably know more than, than the national guys. At some point, the national guys are going to catch on. You wait. The articles will start coming like, hey, really, how are they paying for all this? How is this going down? And is this good for the game? I don't know. I just remember Frank. Frank. Now, Frank McCourt didn't actually have the money. Seidler has companies, you know, it's a different story. But I just, when you spend above your means and you got to go outside to pay for what you got going with you, you're going into other businesses to pay for you. So you got multiple businesses. When you're going into the other businesses to pay for this business, man, I don't know if that's a good idea. That, once again, could work out great, but could also be an absolute and utter train wreck. And that hasn't really been talked about, and I got a pretty good source on that. I, I just hate the idea that they're playing the parade route already. Can't even win the division. You know what? I'm, I, I was going to say that. I didn't know when I was going to keep looking at how much time we got. I, you might look at their win total. That might be one to bet the under. Might be to say, you know, maybe not everything's roses. Plus, they've got 11 guys playing. Melvin told me they got 11 guys playing in the WBC. Pakota has them winning. Uh, I don't want Pakota. I, know, I want but Vegas. Nine, 94 games. They're, they, they, what does the Vegas Do- have, Matt? They have, they have them tied with the Dodgers. Um, who would have it? That I uh, Do Caesars. MLB win totals. Futures. There you go. What year is that? Is that the right year? What you got for the pod for the Friars? Um, they have San Diego at where's the Padres? Uh, this can't be right. Eighty-eight and a half. No. Yeah. Let me see if I can find something else. Vegas Insider below. Go to Vegas Insider. Uh, okay. They have San Diego at 94, same as Pakoda. So, might be an under. If you like playing those, we can't play it. Maybe it's just a gift from me to you. Um, they've got a lot of stuff. They got and they got some inside drama, too, going on there that uh, isn't being reported. I'm not going to report it because I don't want it coming back to me. But I'm just going to tell you right now what I found out recently they got drama. So everything's been made roses about the Padres and their spending, and it's World Series time. World Series are bust, but they got some drama inside that clubhouse. So maybe, just maybe, my gift to you, maybe uh, maybe throw, because you're going to get good odds on that. Uh, take the Padres and the under on the win total. And I know I'm from San Diego. I grew up there. My, my, my brother... And all of my friends go to games and everything, and I don't wish ill on them. And we love Melvin and Ryan Christensen. The big Marine, Matt Williams, is there. We got a lot of uh, XAs there. I'm just saying, a good investment may be. Remember, it's not betting, it's investing. A good investment may be <laughs> take the under on the Padres' win total. And even our guy Himbo said they're not going to be as good as people say they are. Yeah, he said the Dodgers win the division by at least 10 games. I, so, it's my gift. It's my early gift to you. Speaking of gifts, tomorrow's my birthday. Do I take the day off like you 
I don't take my birthday off. You are you always got something going on. I'm going to I actually. I think we're we are going to go to Vancouver for my birthday this year. Yeah. Though. See, you know where I'm going for my birthday? It's the off season. You know where I'm going for my birthday? Uh, right here. Yeah, I'm working. I work every day. It's every day, bro. <laughs> Thanks. It's every day. No days off, Bill Belichick. Yeah, no days off. I didn't get to my remind me tomorrow. A fascinating piece on the mental side of baseball, on what it takes to change your career around and to be great. And it's not, well, you know, he was hitting off the tee. Oh, he he learned a new slider grip. And you and you know who you know who's who, you know this article is about Corbin Burns, who's one of the best in baseball, but it applies to Adam Aller. It applies to anybody. The mental side. Everybody's got talent. It's the mental side of baseball that turns the guys and makes them better players. It makes guys be good players, good players be great players. It's the mental side. How do you prepare? Do you have a checklist every day? Yes. Well, why aren't you in Major League Baseball then? Oh, well, my checklist is a little different than a pro baseball player. Oh, <laughs> lack of talent then. Yeah. But uh, what do we got tomorrow? We're previewing who? The Cardinals. So Katie Wu from the Athletic will be on. She's the Redbirds. She's from the Bay Area, and then well, Johnny, and then the then uh, Pirates on on Thursday. We're, pre- finish we're previewing a team that's got a chance to win the World Series tomorrow, and they got some good prospects coming up too. A's baseball, Johnny, and the face of A's television, the great Glenn Kuyper, next right here on A's Cast Live. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 